This episode of The Naked Truth is brought to you by City of Angels, LA's premier West Coast swing event. Join us April 11th to the 14th in sunny Los Angeles, California, for a weekend of workshops, competition, and social dancing with some of the best instructors, DJs, and dancers around, including Jordan and Tatiana, Ben and Victoria, Kyle and Sarah, Benji Schwimmer, and yours truly. Competitions include Jack and Jill, Strictly Swing, Rising Star, Classic, and Showcase. And you'll get to see special performances by Jordan and Tatiana and the JT Swing team. Weekend passes are available and include all workshops, Friday night's glow party, and a Saturday night breakfast buffet. And our listeners can get $10 off a weekend pass by going to thenakedtruthwcs.com forward slash COA. That's thenakedtruthwcs.com forward slash COA, as in City of Angels. Don't miss out on all the fun. Buy your passes today. And now, on with the show. Welcome to The Naked Truth, real talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Deborah. And I'm Eric, and this is part two of our conversation with Hugh, Jesse, and Kyle about building, growing, and organizing local dance communities. We hope you enjoy. Um, in general, uh, I, I love my community. I love my community. Um, and it seems like a lot of other people really love them. And then they give me a lot of credit. And I'm like, I don't know if I can take credit for that because they make me happy. So (laughs) like it's a chicken or the egg thing. Am I like fostering the growth of this or are these people like coming into my life and making things better? And it's, it's impossible not to try to like, not to want to grow that. Well, I think it's kind of both. I think it's, it's almost like when you, um, when you go to events and people, there are certain events that people just love. And I think part of it is because the event reflects the personality or the example of the event director. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're a kind, uh, inclusive, gentle, giant soul, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you're tall and big. And, um, so I think that resonates, uh, with people and it trickles to the people that you teach and stuff. And that becomes part of your brand, um, right. which is right. Which is a, which is a, which I think is a, um, a, a great thing. And I think too, what I think would be, would be great for some communities, especially in yours, Hugh, where you said you have a little bit of this disconnect between the older and the younger is maybe like once a month, do like an intergenerational, like Jack and Jill mm. <clears throat> just to get people together. Right. right. You know? So that is a tough thing. Um, so one, I, I do try to set up, you know, the field trips and like right. message out and organize for people to go to the other uh, dances referencing the Jack and Jill's. That was definitely something I was super warned against when I was starting, uh, to run things in town that, why is that? Um, a lot of our, uh, a lot of our like older dance community. Um, and I'm not sure what happened before, but I think when the word competition comes up, it becomes very immediately associated like there's a negative association. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be like a normal Jack and Jill. This is a, this is a Jack and Jill that's meant for fun and to bring people together. And it's like, you win, like, I don't know, like a free entry for the month or, you know, like a a bottle of Coke or something. Well, nothing like if it has that association though, that's a a challenge that he has to overcome. Right. Right. And, and uh, if two of the people in this conversation have been to swing a set of events, I think you guys are well aware that, uh, 
I'm very familiar with the idea of making a fun competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I think we, I was warned against this specifically in the sense that like, we have some dancers who, if you are interrupting their dance time and they're not dancing, then they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. That if you mention that there's going to be some form of competition or a performance that night, they won't even come. But here's because- the thing. But that's it's one it's once a month. Mm-hmm. It's once a month, and you re- have to recognize you can't please everybody. That's- you're trying you're trying to like, you know, affect lots of people. And if five people are going to walk out right. once a month, that's really not a yep. big deal. And right? granted, this was probably five or six years ago that I was warned against this, and it's possible. I'm guessing that the community has shifted a little bit, but it is definitely something that I always have to be wary of. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Like trying to create more um, uh, mingling, more connections between our different communities and people. That's yeah, a constant uh, struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about that because a lot of things have come up that I have struggled with in my own community. Um, so one is what you mentioned to you of kind of appealing to different people with different interests. Mm -hmm. I'm always wary of that too. And like you, I don't want my community focused on competition and yet competition is a great way to incentivize more experienced people who are competitors to come to the dance. Mm -hmm. Right. And in fact, I started the very first, the second month of mission city swing. We started a progressive Jack and Jill once a month. Um, but the idea was to attract some of these higher level dancers to come and at least come for a night and have a good time, right? If I can get them in the door and make sure they have a good time, but yeah, there are going to be other people who either don't like competition or mm-hmm. don't want their social time interrupted. Mm-hmm. So it's a struggle to appeal sometimes to both parties. And when I was getting mission city swing really started, first of all, there wasn't a critical mass. So I'm curious to hear from you, Jesse, how you kind of overcame that. Um, I mean, really, I think persistence is key. If you, like I just kept at it and eventually you get enough people in the door where there's something there. But if I got experienced people in the door and there were only 20 people and they were all like brand new dancers, like that was their first night, those experienced dancers are going to be like, why would we come back? Mm-hmm. Right. They have a, they have a different experience. And so, for a long time, I focused on getting new people in, but with the long-term goal that one day they're not going to be new anymore. <laughs> they're going right. to be experienced, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I think too many people are focused on the short term of like let's just get them, let's just get them dancing, but they're not good, and then either they lose interest because you know as Jesse was talking about, like they don't make progress, right? Or experienced dancers come and they're like, why would I want to dance with these people? And while we all sit here and say everybody should dance with everybody. There are people who come and they want to have good dances or they don't want to have half of their dances that night be so challenging or uncomfortable, right? Like I I get that people have different reasons why they dance and different things they're looking for. We have to grapple with this as community leaders and organizers. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, you know, in all of the communities where you are, you all have new people coming in and you have more experienced people either in your community or uh, within your metropolitan area, like the broader community. And I'm curious to hear how you deal with that. How do you balance those different interests and create um, an inclusive and welcoming space for everyone? Because as Deborah said, we, we can't please everybody all of the time. Right. right. We have to grapple with that. Well, and 
Deborah um, brings up a, a lot the importance of, of a visual connection, of a visual communication point to start her dances. She prefers mm-hmm. uh, someone who's going to look her in the eye. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember that still from workshops that I've had with you back at uh, Swing Time in the Rockies way back mm-hmm. when. Um, and so <clears throat> uh, certainly on the Kansas City side, we try and make sure that people have a, have a plan of adjustment so that a new dancer doesn't have to mean an uncomfortable dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea there in the transition is that one, uh, uh, merengue in a slot, like switch to double step timing and keep it a one, two, one, two, one, right. two, one, two, because everything is the same. We're just and West Coast Swing is two beat increments anyway. It is two, it's two <laughs> beat increments. The triple right. step are there to encourage momentum changes. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're required to be dancing with each other and having fun with each other, which is the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we make sure that our, and that anyone past the newcomer novice level has had the experience of dancing double beat timing through all of their movements. Mm-hmm. Um, so that our experienced dancers can tell, oh, this dancer has trouble with timing. We're going to go ahead and shift into doubles the whole time and not worry as much uh, on the momentum side. So we also dance a little bit more spatially, a little bit more visually with our new dancers. That way it's not like, hey, I can get you through this whip with a double outside into a slingshot because I have the momentum capabilities to do that. And also don't come back ever because I'm sure that felt great. Um, right. <laughs> right. Instead, we give a lot more emphasis to the, the visual interplay of, hey, look, my feet went to the side. Do you want to do that? No? Okay. Well, I'm going to do what you did then. <laughs> Right. And we allow that adjustment to be uh, more solo dancing together, holding hands, than than necessarily true West Coast swing the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that, that that I feel like that was the big one in helping people be able to interdance. That doesn't mean that everyone still wants to be <clears throat> new dancers, especially if someone's there to right. I don't know relax also, or whatever they're there for. I mean, I also think like. Um, Inclusive is a choice. I feel like there are just people that don't want to be included or don't want to include others, right? And then there are people who want to include and be included. Um, and I think if we emphasize that being inclusive and including people shouldn't be such a hard, you know, thing to do, it should be exciting to want to include other people and to interact, um, with other people. Uh, I think it would change the dynamic a little bit. It doesn't matter if you don't do triples right now, you're just starting. So what? Come on over. And even maybe like, um, assign, you know, maybe the intermediate or advanced dancers as like dance buddies for the night. Like who wants to be dance buddies tonight? Like we got seven <laughs> people and they're the people that like walk around and like help the beginners and be like, Hey, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. Just to get people interacting, you know, with one another. So I do feel like it's a little bit of a choice. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Like that. I don't, um, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, communities have done the dance ambassador thing. Right. And um, I'm curious what you all think about it and if you've tried it. I I have not done it. We we do, however, now have a peer mentorship program that pairs newer dancers with more experienced dancers. Um, and we emphasize the peer part, meaning this is not like a personal tutor. This is <laughs> an experienced member to help you with the learning that happens beyond the classroom and to get to know people and to, to answer those questions. And it's like a big brother, big sister. Yeah, navigating. Program, right? yeah. But, um, but I've not done the dance ambassador thing. It's so I'm somebody who does not like mandatory fun. Um, <laughs> 
like where things are too forced and it's something i've (laughs) right you will have fun now you will um (laughs) but it's something that you know when it comes to community um you know like you said people will gravitate towards people they like or people have different interests like we're dealing especially if we're trying to be inclusive we're going to get a diversity of people with whatever it is they want to do and you know as you said deborah some people are just more inclusive than others for whatever reason it doesn't matter but on the one hand i grapple with letting things be organic and not doing mandatory fun and on the other hand i think about how can we mitigate what is likely to happen naturally Mm. right so that those people can still go and have a good time, but there aren't as many or any negative impacts on the others. <clears throat> I, I know I'm not leading the discussion, but can I ask a question? Sure. sure. We were talking earlier about how um, people uh, like habits. They get into their same role. So even when they get to the ballroom, they, they go set their stuff down at the same chair that they sat at last week and the week before. And that naturally puts them in those in that same- area that yep. same area and I there's agree. the and stuff do you guys or have you ever experimented with adjusting literally the furniture in the room or the location of space in the room so that people have to adjust their habits and find new out i don't know new i new haven't people. done that but i think that's a brilliant idea what did mess with you? so we've actually done that in boston have you <laughs> yeah so it. um Funny thing, um, when we moved from Fire and Ice to Masonic Hall, um, it was a giant vibe change um, because we were in this bar and restaurant and then we went to this uh, Masonic Hall, um, which is big, big room, but no bar. The lights were different. Um, it had a very different feel. And what happened was we put the DJ booth in the corner. And oftentimes people would like the more experienced dancers would gravitate towards the DJ booth. The DJ booth was on the opposite corner of the entryway. So what happened was all of the advanced people pulled in towards the DJ booth and all of the beginners, which is on the same side of the hall that the beginner class was on, they would all pull towards the exit, which was a really hard time getting those beginners to actually push in. Right. Which was similar to uh, Fire and Ice, but the difference was Fire and Ice had a bar at Uh the far side. Um, with the DJ booth, which, so we didn't have anything bringing those people into the hall. What we ended up doing was we ended up, um, uh, we ended up pushing the DJ booth by the entryway. And so the DJ booth and some, some of the advanced dancers pulled near the entryway, which is, of course, by the beginners. It also gave the beginners kind of a resource at the DJ booth of the people yeah. who were running the dance and the people who were DJing to ask questions if necessary. Um, sometimes I would, I would teach the beginner class and then DJ. So I'd be like, Hey, if you need me, I'm going to be right here next to where you're all hanging out right now. Um, and it definitely, it changes things. And what, what, I know what Jesse was saying, like, People want to put their stuff down in the same place. So like, mm-hmm. especially like if we move our chairs around slightly, it just forces them slightly out of that habit and they have to go find a new habit. <laughs> I dig it. I actually right. like that idea. I think yeah. that's a great idea. I never yeah, even I've, thought of that. That's great. Space is definitely a consideration. And um, I've had two experiences with space here in the Bay Area because some of you know, um, WNY warehouse, they closed the warehouse right. and they moved into a ballroom studio and it's a different space. And, uh, I remember talking with Yenny and Warren about, okay, let's, let's see how long it takes for, for everybody to find their spot right. <laughs> in the room. <laughs> right. And actually it did start happening. And this is since 
last June they moved um, and people have started to find their space. But fortunately, it's a small enough space where everybody kind of has to mingle and they have a, a table at the front where everybody puts their water bottles because they're not allowed to bring it out onto the floor. Right. So everybody yeah. has to come through the front. Um, so that was a really interesting thing to watch. And then I did what you're not supposed to do, which is separate people physically. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I had a whole conversation with Tom Paderno about this, um, with Deborah actually. Right. And, uh, and I, I agree with him. It was a challenge and it was, it, it was my Sophie's choice in running Mission City Swing because I had the main hall and the main hall is great because everybody walks in. The DJ table is to the right, but there's not really any space to hang out there. And all the chairs were on the left. And it was just one room and you walk in and everybody's in the same pool. Mm-hmm. The challenge was everybody was in the same pool and we were growing and getting bigger. And so the experienced dancers who were coming were challenged by the space. They felt they didn't have enough space to dance and they weren't, they were less inclined to come out. And so we experimented. We tried opening up the front room, which is a smaller space. It's separated by a, a middle room, but there's a front space when you first walk in. And we experimented with putting music, the same music, in that room. And the advanced dancers liked it. And so I had this Sophie's choice of, do I keep everybody in the same pool, but we don't get the higher level dancers in? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, you know, catering to one audience and not the other. And, you know, there are benefits to having higher level dancers and in, in inspiring people and in, in um, being those, those mentors or guides in that community. Um, or do I open up the front room and risk the segregation? And there's definitely uh, a preference for the advanced dancers to be in the front room. And they do dance there. Um, and it's brighter and, there, too, which is so interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I know. And smaller. I, yeah. Um, and the uh, the newbies mainly stay in the main hall. At least, at a minimum, people have to go through the advanced room to get into the main hall and, and vice versa. It's right? like going and through sharks. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I love watching people play Frogger as they try to go through right yeah. but um, pass all the slots. But, um, you know, it, it's not to say that the advanced all-stars or intermediate, whatever, they don't go into the main hall, and they do. And I've encouraged that. And I, when I do my announcements, like Jesse does, you know, I say, hey, let's make sure we're all, we're all dancing with with everybody and usually at the end of my announcements i say okay next song ask somebody new somebody you've never danced with before Um, go find somebody so but but the space has been a challenge and that's why i think i'm so mindful of mitigating (laughs) what i've done because i i don't regret the decision in the sense that i'm glad we have a more inclusive and and holistic community we're all we have a real spectrum of levels and people do mix, but I've done this like pure mentorship to try and counteract some of the natural effects of space. So my experiment in space, uh, you know, probably not what I would recommend to other people, but if you're going to do it, think about what those impacts are and how you can do something about it. Yeah. Yeah, But I think it's a good idea to change the space um, a little bit so that, you know, you do change, because, you know, we are creatures of habit. I mean, I know I am because I'm OCD. Sure. I mean, like I even when I'm at a da- <laughs> when I'm at a swing dance event and I'm in the hotel and I'm I'm in the lobby area and I go to the ladies room, I go to the same stall the whole weekend. That's how OCD <laughs> I am. That's a little nuts. I get it. So it's even like the truth, Deborah. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, and I understand also the whole 
um, DJ booth mentality. I mean, at a swing event and my mentality of DJ booth is, uh, you know, as a female, I always carry a purse with me and, you know, there's only one DJ booth. There's tons of tables around right. and I don't want to put, I might forget where I put my purse down. It's, all the tables, you know, look the same, which is why I basically stay by the DJ booth or go towards the DJ booth. Not because I'm trying to, um, segregate myself from other people. Right. Well, and I think the creature of habit thing though is it, it can be challenging. And if we have people who are like physically separating themselves in the room, mm -hmm. um, in fact, I'll share a quick story. When I first started dancing West Coast Swing in DC, and we would go to Cherry Hill, yeah, I think um, I think that was one of Dave Moldover's first dances there on like a Friday night. And I walked in, and I went to the left side. I saw a bunch of people on the tables to the right, and there were tables to the left. So um, we went to the left, and we put our stuff down because there was space. Mm -hmm. And then we started dancing with people, and eventually somebody came over while we were sitting over there. I was like, what, what are you doing on this side? Of the right, room? right. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the cool kids are on the other side of the room. You know, like there's, so, you know, the, we do get that physical separation. I do like the idea of thinking about changing the space. On the other hand, people like that comfort of knowing that's my space. Yeah, but mm -hmm. shake it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a balance of how, you know, how often are we doing that? How are Once we doing it? And, and with what intention? Right. Two, two kinds of, um, I, I know you don't like to force issues, but sometimes you have to force mandatory people. fun. Yeah, no, no, it's not mandatory <laughs> fun. This is about like forcing people to mingle with people they wouldn't necessarily, or having to yeah, walk yeah. past people they wouldn't necessarily have to walk past. That's all. Right. I, I didn't say do it every week, but once a month would be kind of fun just to see people's look on their faces right. and be like, oh, what happened? <laughs> My right. table is moved. Do you know what I mean? Right. I think that would be, I think that would be a good idea. I'm yeah. glad I, uh, you thought of that, Jesse. That's something that's going to be in the back of my mind now. Yeah. So what else have you have you guys done to create more inclusive communities? I mean, something that's that's come up and has kind of been implicit in all of what we're talking about is culture. And, you know, there's the broader dance culture of connecting and, and the social aspect of what we do and connecting. Um, and uh, the, the fact that, and we've touched upon this too, that leaders set the tone for their community. Right. Just like in a business or any other organization, you know, the person at the top, the way you approach your community is going to set the tone for everybody else and, and sets the culture. Um, we do that implicitly or, or explicitly. Um, but I'm curious what you all have done to set the culture for your own communities and and create a welcoming, inclusive, safe space for your students and, and attendees. Okay. Safe. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think a lot of us do a lot of the same things in terms of trying to support every uh, other community and doing announcements and trying to, like, acknowledge and draw attention to people. Um, I, it's really cool speaking with other community builders and seeing these common threads. Um, but uh, so at one point when I felt like it was it was maybe particularly a bigger issue um, amongst my community. Um, and I'll be honest, I was kind of upset about it, about sure. hearing, you know, people, people feeling unwelcome when they came out to the dances or getting turned down or felt whatever. And, you know, not that everyone has to dance every dance, but I think there's a certain, um, there's a certain 
kindness and consideration that one has to have in you know in these situations kindness um, yes but uh so i i ended up sending a message out to a handful of my community members um you know specifically the the dancers who were more comfortable right not comfortable in terms of dancing but they were comfortable going out dancing they were comfortable asking people um more outgoing they're just more outgoing right they they were they they were comfortable with themselves in the community right. so mm-hmm. um now Hugh, just to clarify you're saying that you focused on the people who were going to be successful at that rather than trying to change the people who were not doing it well uh, or who are not good at being a connecting piece? Uh, some of those people were in that list. So, um, I mean, I think more specifically, it was people that I felt would make a difference. And in some cases, it was the people who weren't good about connecting with other people, right? Mm. Um, so, but it was also people who I felt like with the proper motivation would be super happy and enthusiastic to also help. So it was, it was a mix. Um, and it took me a really long time to figure out how, like literally months to figure out how I wanted to address this issue. Cause one, you, know, you can't control how people act. Um, I can't make people dance with other people mostly, you know, if they don't want to, if they have personal reasons, whatever. So how do I address this without, uh, making mandatory fun, right? Without forcing them to dance with people. Um, and so I, I talked, I sent a message out and talked about how I started in dance. Um, in an effort to have everyone kind of relate and remember what's, what it's like to be new, um, to, to want to be part of something, uh, to want to feel welcome, possibly to not feel that way. Um, and then I introduced something that we called operation. No one sits twice. I like it. And so uh, with this, the idea here is that whenever any of us are out on the floor dancing, you take a moment, you pay attention to whoever is sitting and not dancing during that song. Mm-hmm. And then once you're done with the dance, you go and you ask one of those people who has been sitting. Um, and you know, bringing up the fact, you know, just so that people would feel included. If, if a, maybe if a person is only getting, you know, is bad at asking and feels unwelcome, they'll dance half of the dance because they were only sitting one song and then dancing one song. Um, and that'll change how a person feels with a night. Half of, half of a night is a lot. And yeah, then. Yeah, and then bringing up the fact that the number of comfortable dancers far outweighs the number of uncomfortable dancers. So right. if right. we all try to do this, we will only like in in regards to the mandatory aspect, um, right? If everyone is tr- if everyone is trying to do this, we all only do it a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if there's 30 of us dancing on the floor and like 10 people sitting off and everyone on the floor is swarming to get those 10 people up and dancing and then, you know, you rotate around, like your night doesn't change that much. Right. And yeah. So your your objective is to to recognize that um I don't remember who said it, but people uh, may forget what you've said to them, but they'll always remember how you've made them feel. So you're worried about how people feel. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. a good, that's a great approach. Yeah. And Hugh, if, if nothing else comes out of, out of this, this particular podcast, I certainly hope that that secret op sweeps the nation. <laughs> I, I love that. That's for yeah. sure different than what happens in Kansas City our our cultural our ballroom cultural perspective is that people who are sitting are taking a break because most of us do dance several times in a row mm-hmm. right. and so our um our kind of encouragement to the people who don't quite feel comfortable asking even though you should but if you don't just stand at the edge of the floor and let someone know that you're waiting for a dance you're available uh, but man sometimes when that stand when someone's standing there they stand there for that song and they don't get asked then that's discouraging in its own way i can see that happen on people's faces i love i love what you've said there um for sure taking that home with me and, <laughs> and who's listening to this in the future i hope that you grab that and pull that into the ballrooms that you go to no one yeah. sits twice. that's amazing well yeah operation no one sits twice um and <laughs> you know like pass it on. yeah i just love that <laughs> <laughs> and and I think it was really important for it to one be a voluntary thing, but be like an exciting thing, right? Yeah. Like be a mission goal that we're all trying to achieve because we all want to create the community that we'd want to be part of. Right. And, and you know, I think you know people need to understand and recognize, you know, you're part of a community and it's 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 partially your duty to help help the help people learn about what community is you can't be part of a community and like be snobby and like not want to dance with anybody and you know be standoff you can't do that because that's not what community is and if that's who you are then you shouldn't be part of a community maybe you should sit in front of a video game and play video games (laughs) you know what i mean it's probably more helpful (laughs) to because i think I, i struggle with you uh, the same struggle you have here, which is how to message this. Right. And I don't feel like telling people that. And I, I did this at our anniversary party recently, and I I've had to think about how to say it because I don't feel like it's helpful to say, well, if we don't dance with other people, we're not being good community members because I feel like I wouldn't want that said to me. Well, why not? <laughs> I mean, because I it I feels like you're shaming me. No, like, it I, went I, I had a good like- I feel like it's all about delivery. You know, if you say, hey, guys, listen, we're, we're all part of a community and we, we all want to be together. So, like, like, let's not, like, it's part of our duty to dance, like, with each other. So let's dance with but one see, another. It's, it's, you had me up until you said it's our duty. <laughs> I feel like it is. Because it gets to the mandatory fund. That. That's how you feel, but other people may not. And I think communicating that message may make them feel bad about themselves. And I don't want right. anybody to feel bad. I and want it them to, has be... to be a cautiously done thing because just like with leaders in the ballroom, you can't just concentrate on being a better leader by sending clearer signals. That does not make right. you a better leader. 
you have to be able to see how your signals are received. And I totally agree with that. But like, that's so like saying, that's, that's like saying, I'm a teacher. Um, and if, and if, 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 if we're teaching, say we're teaching other people to be great instructors and an instructor says, it's your duty to communicate as clear as possible. Now, if that, if that's taken the wrong way, it is your duty as an instructor to communicate as clearly as possible. That is your duty. And I feel that being part of a community means that you're part of the community. You are an integral part of it. If you can't um, uh, give something back to the community and help with community, then you're not part of the community. That's it. To each their own. I would prefer to use a message um, that I like what you did of reminding people of what it's like to be new. Sure, that's great. And um, I do like what you said, Deborah, about we all come here to have a good time. We all yeah. want to connect with people and let's make sure everybody is, is having that same good experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I did a thing in my community, which I kind of prod people about every now and then, which is to say, <laughs> I did a whole ask two new. So every time you go out dancing, ask two new people. And that's great. Too. Last fall, we did a, um, I did a survey of our community, which I'd never done before, but I feel like as community leaders, we get lots of anecdotal, um, feedback, like so-and-so said this, or this person said this, but I wanted to know what the vast majority were feeling. So I did a survey and one of the challenges was, again, this divide between kind of higher level dancers and lower level. And so the S2 new is, is for everybody, (laughs) right? Like I didn't single anybody out because I feel like my newer dancers need to make the effort to ask. And I always tell them, I'm like, go and Go ask the advanced dancers to dance. And if they don't say yes, you tell me. <laughs> like, I want to know if they're not, if they're turning you down all the time. Like, mm-hmm. you tell me. But, but uh, don't, don't you, you think need that to make that's... that effort. And then the advanced all-star dancers or the more experienced dancers, I say, you know, make sure you ask a couple of new people to dance. Whether they're visiting from out of town or you go into the other room and find a newbie. Um, right, but don't you is, think that's I, a lot of, uh, it's a lot of pressure for someone who's brand new in a community? Like, it's, it's already hard. Uh, to navigate because you're you're learning something you know new and now you're telling the newbies like go ask an advanced dancer. Oh sure sure I guess I should yeah. clarify with my with my brand new like the beginner students I just tell them everybody dances with everybody so okay. if you want to dance go ask right. somebody gotcha. for my intermediate students I tell them to go ask All them right. experience and, and setting yeah, that yeah, no, cultural expectation can help um, but the only only transition and and what Hugh was saying that we do in Kansas City when I'm reminding the more experienced answers of what our goal is and what our mission is as the leaders, not just me, but the leaders in the community because we're experienced in the community Mm -hmm. is that unless you share enough dances, enough Mm -hmm. dances that are uncomfortable for you maybe, but enough dances with them, they won't get to be the experienced dancers of tomorrow. You have to help outside of the classroom bring them into that. You have to make that your goal so that you can have people to dance with that will make you happy because that's what someone did with you. And so not just reminding them that they're new, but reminding them that by doing this, it will help you have better dances in the future. Right. Right. Paying it forward. So actually to, to add on to that, um, just a, uh, I agree with everything everyone's saying. Um, but one more perspective, like my personal experience, like for a long time I was new mm-hmm. and there was a period where I 
didn't have as good of dances with people who are less experienced than me because I didn't have this and they didn't have the skill set to do what I could do. And I didn't have the skill set to have better dances than they were capable of having. And so um, my, my partner, Elizabeth and I, we, we've put a lot of effort into our teaching to give people uh, social skills mid dance so that they can enjoy a dance just by being with another person rather than go, get so harped on what is what is the skill level of this dance how amazing is this rather than just let's just have fun together for three minutes give an example if, of social skills uh social skills in the fact that so if i lead uh if i lead a whip and my follower doesn't know what I'm leading, rather than be like, oh, shoot, this didn't work. Like, what am I supposed to do? Just like live in that moment and maybe like sway with the person, smile at the person, laugh with the person. Adapt. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so there's adaptation skills. Then there's like, let's do some side to side toe taps that mm-hmm. aren't West Coast swing, or let's do some shoulder shrugs to the music, or let's just sway together and realize that like hey if we're just attached and moving to the music and having fun together that is a successful dance rather than i can lead this complicated pattern or we can hit the phrase change really cool um and i feel like we've all we're all really afraid of asking better dancers to dance because we've all had that one experience or more of Mm -hmm. that we asked that one person and we felt awful after that dance or they say no or they say no. Yeah. And whether it's, um, and that's another thing we're, we're, we're uh, me and my partner are working on is trying to figure out, uh, to getting our, our beginners resources on like what social norms are like, like mm-hmm. no's are okay. Or like how to communicate with someone that they don't, they're not left with the situation of, I feel really bad about this. And if we can, right. if we can give everyone the skills to not make our partners or friends feel bad about a situation, then there's a whole lot risk in putting yourself out there to ask right. someone to dance. Right. Kindness and consideration. Yes. Absolutely. Go, go back to that word again. I, you know, I say this all the time in my classes, like be kind to people. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Smile. You know, <laughs> I, I make sure like, I give really good hugs. People love to <laughs> hug me because I give really good hugs. But I never, I never walk into my classroom or have people come up to me without making sure that they feel um, that I'm present and I acknowledge them and that and they're important. And I think that's something that we need to do too. We need to acknowledge each other and make sure that we recognize that we're all very important. Doesn't matter what our level is in the dance. We're just important people. We're humans. Everyone's important. That's what yeah. needs to come across. I'm curious too, because um, one thing I think about in in getting that message across and getting people to change their behavior, especially across a, a community, um, any culture change takes effort over sure. time, right? Like we need we Practice. as community leaders are are repeating that message and we're modeling that behavior, and that's a really big important step. But we also need to reinforce whatever norms we're trying to set. And Hugh, you mentioned that Operation No One Dance uh, sits out twice. I'm wondering how that's gone and what what has worked and what maybe you've learned from trying that effort. Um, <clears throat> it was like an immediate success. In was it? Of, well, like the, the next dance was amazing. The energy was off the charts. 
everyone seemed like they were having good time. Ah, Over right. time, right, dwindles down. Um, <laughs> and and I'll be honest, there were some people who were like, "Oh, okay, so after a song, I'm not supposed to grab someone who is already dancing or blah blah blah." So then we like some experienced dancers be like, oh, I guess I'll sit down this song so I'm part of the pool to dance the next song. I'm like, it's not the point. Um, <laughs> They're gaming the system. <laughs> right. They and when they're like, sitting next guy. to a person which they could be asking, but regardless. Um, so uh, it, it was really great. I think people did an awesome job immediately afterwards. And I think that as time passes there is generally um you know that people forget about it they're having forget fun, about it they're becomes doing... taxing no, no i don't think it becomes taxing okay. honestly um i mean for the people in my community who were enthusiastically participating um and taking part in it i think people just forget about it um at which point that thread um i still remind people of it um, probably more specifically when we have our beginner months and we know that we've got new people coming in, I encourage people to like move their way out and make sure that they help people feel welcome. Um, so it does require the occasional reminder, but I think, I think in general, it, it still instills, um, you know, a, a certain mentality amongst the group, even if you, you don't remember to do it every single time that you go out and every dance that you're so, up and dancing. Um, right. And I think by doing that, you know, by uh, connecting with one set of dancers who then reach out to others, you know, those others, as they become the more experienced dancers without me, you know, telling them to, I think they make it a point to reach out and, connect with the other people who are new and the people who were shy. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't say that it was like, that was the end all be all solution to the problem of inclusivity in my dance community. Right. Um, it's yeah. still very much a problem um, that exists. I think it's a problem in all, in, in every dance community or community in general. Right. right. You know, it's hard right they now. grow and people form their own groups. <clears throat> um, by the way, did you expand that, like, that thread to include other people? Or have you have you made that, like, a broader Swing of Soda initiative? Um, I haven't yet. Um, well, in terms of... Ex- I'm sorry. In terms of, <laughs> in terms of expanding, um, I have done that. Uh, like, occasionally I'll go through and start adding a handful more people to that list and just throw it out there as a reminder, you know, no big essays like the first one that I sent out. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, it was a long speech, uh, <laughs> um, you know, child, but impactful. I'd like people... to thank the Academy. One of those. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. There's definitely music playing and people are like, get off. <laughs> uh, but, uh, um, you know, I, I am exposing more people to it as we, as we need. Um, right. It hasn't been nearly as big of an issue as that time period when I started it. So um, now it's more just like a, like friendly reminder that we've got new people and let's yeah. make sure that we do this thing. 
And when you do this sure. friendly reminder, I mean, do you do it in a newsletter before the dance? Do you mention it on the microphone when you're at the dance? Like, what do you do? Honestly, this is the first uh, public referencing of Operation No One Says Twice. It's pretty much been a secret mission. Oh, <laughs> now everyone knows about it. Now everyone knows about it. The but cat's it's a good out of the thing. bag. It's a good thing. Is sure. So um, I think, you know, there's the reason for at least the initial bit of keeping it quiet is along the lines of what Eric was talking in terms of the, I, I forget, I mean, the mandatory fun, but, you know, the, uh, I, I remember going to a Lindy Hop dance where they were called like taxi dancers or something where they would have a few dancers a night that were designated as like, they're wearing this thing, which yeah. means any beginner can ask them to dance or they will go out and dance with, uh, you know, new people all night. And that's this weird, like obligatory thing. And I, I would get self-conscious if I was a new person that this person is only dancing with me because that's their job for the night gotcha. or, you know, and, and I think it's gone amazingly well when I've seen it at other dances at, at events. I know like, some dances have like all-star hours where all the all-stars are required to show up and go and dance with everybody the entire time. And they generally work super well, but you know, there's that like doubtful negative aspect <laughs> side of me. That's the all like feeling of it. Well, that, that, well, not that I have, but the fear that other people would only think that they're doing it because they have to. Right. Right. And and sending out this message of no one sits twice isn't a mandatory you must do this to remain part of the community. It is a it's a mission I, statement. Well, it's a mission statement. I think the very last line in it says it all of like let's help make this community what we want it to be. Mm, right? Right. Right. Um and uh and I honestly had never thought about making it like a formal mission statement in regards or part of a mission statement for Swing of Soda, but and now you will. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the taxi dancer. And I, I was part of one of those um, all-star hours and it was fun. I mean, it, it's not that I wouldn't go ask people to dance, but it was kind of fun that all of us together as a, group, as a peer group right. went in the room. But I think the other thing I think about, um, that's a good point here about people being like, well, they're just asking me to dance because they have to, <laughs> which makes me think, first of all, maybe these dance ambassadors or taxi dancers, whatever, should not be wearing something that identifies themselves, <laughs> right? Because right? I'm like, oh, you're doing it because you're wearing the yellow sticker, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. But um, uh, but also, I don't want to send the signal that if you're not a dance ambassador, you don't have to dance right. with people. Right. Of course not. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. It's like, that's like Deborah was saying, it's is a shared responsibility. Right. Mm -hmm. all of us we all dance with everybody so right. i think you know, it's it's like what you know isn't it isn't it what spider-man says with great, great power comes great responsibility <laughs> yes sure it's oh, that it's full circle don't you think um <laughs> you gotta by the way have you um <laughs> have you jesse or kyle done anything to help with mixing in your community so we've done uh, uh we've done a few things um varying levels of perceived success. Um we've done the ambassador thing where we actually had students come in and we didn't do it as like a dance with the beginners. We did it as more of like a 
these are your resources. So the our ambassadors, they would take the beginner class, they'd come in, they get in for free that night, they would take the beginner class, they were a friendly face. And the beginners obviously could dance with them. Um, but it was also, uh, they could go ask questions. Um, it was just a person like, hey, they have more experience. So that we've done that. Um, we generally do mixers on our Wednesday nights. And we've done various ones. We do a bus stop where I don't know if other people do bus stops, but they have lines on both sides of the room of leaders and followers. And then they like kind of form together. Um, it's like I was saying like a Dallas shuffle. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then we also had like the, just the generic like snowball ish mixer where you just go find a new partner every 30 seconds. So we've done a number of those. Um, and those are all, um, they're really fun for the newer dancers but the 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 more experienced dancers generally don't enjoy doing them um i think honestly mostly because they don't want to have a 30 second dance with someone they want to have like a three minute dance with someone um so getting we've also had a problem like getting those people involved um but at the same time and this might be with my blinders on as well. Um, there's definitely like a perceived notion to some degree of like the advanced dancers don't dance with the newer level dancers, but also at the same time, like I'm watching the floor when I'm DJing and our, our, our dancers on Wednesday night in general, they're just having a blast most of all. And there's of course the exceptions people, you know, don't feel included or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly going to take Hugh's idea back to all of the leaders of our community yeah, yeah. and say, Hey, we should definitely add this. Um, cause I personally really like that. Um, but, um, what we, we don't, we don't seem to have an epidemic on our hands, fortunately. Thank God. Yeah. Right. Uh, is I mean, that, what do you think? I guess I kind of wonder why that is because you guys have such a huge community. Like what, what are you doing there that you've got, you said a hundred people every week and they're so, all <laughs> mixing beautifully. <laughs> so I, I kind of wonder if it's just like, we're so big that the, the subgroups of those people are big enough to entertain themselves. That could very right. well be the part of the problem. Um, we also have like, a, I feel like we have like a, a, we don't have like a advanced dancers dance with advanced people, intermediate dancers dance with intermediate people, but we definitely have friend groups. And like, right. that's, that's kind of where our struggle is. Um, and fortunately, and th- I think this, I, I don't, I wasn't a part of this. So maybe it just kind of happened. Um, like the BU kids are friends with the Northeastern kids. So like they intermingle and, you know, mm-hmm. some of the BU kids, you know, know the Leslie people. And, you know, so there's like, there's a lot of cross pollination in the friend groups. So there's a little bit of crossover. Um, but I mean, I, I, I'd be too optimistic to say that there was like enough, like there isn't a lot of segregation. I'd be too optimistic if I said that. I honestly think that we have just so many people in a given That's night and even so many beginners. Yeah. yeah. So there's like, there's so many beginners that they can entertain themselves for a whole night. Um, right. And, and the people, yeah. And that's why I really love what he was saying with the no, no two dances, because, um, we've had the talks as like community leaders in Boston about like, you should go ask the beginner people to dance. And I, I don't like that mentality, but if it's a, you should go, you like, you should include people who aren't dancing. It's not, it's not so targeted. That's you should dance with these really inexperienced dancers. It's just you should include people who aren't dancing, period. And it's just this wide range of people. I like that, too. Yeah. And I feel like usually the people that aren't dancing are usually the less experienced people. Of course. Right. 
Does that make sense? I do like what Jesse said about um, the difference between sitting down or standing on the side of the floor. Mm -hmm. And I think I say that because I've had people in my community who, and I think this happens to a lot of us, and Deborah and I have talked about this on the show, that, you know, we get involved with the dancing, we make friendships, and at some point the friendships become just about as important as the dancing, if not more important for for a lot of people. And the time sitting and talking um, is important. Now, granted, it's different, you know, if somebody's sitting by themselves and not dancing. Um, right. And maybe they have a good reason, but at least, you know, I, I like the idea of not sitting twice. But I'm also mindful to create space for people to to sit out if they need to sit out for whatever reason. And maybe it's more than one song. I mean, granted, they have the choice to say no. So I still like the initiative. Um, but I guess I'm always mindful of how to balance, you know, creating social spaces where it's not just about the dancing, um, but also the small talk and, Hey, how are you doing? Where are you from? What do you do? How'd well, you find I, us? All of that stuff. I think what's good with you do, Eric, is that like, e- even though it's in the front, you have that little front area where there's the cookies and the, there's all these like little snacks where people like congregate and kind of, you know, hang out and stuff. And I think that's an important thing to have it like. You know, if you don't have a bar at the dance where you're having it, have an area where there's like refreshments and and, because that's a common area where everyone will walk over to at one point or another. Um, We're actually moving that into that middle room. Right. And get people to come. You totally should do that. We've been doing that lately. Across from the bathrooms. That's genius. Yeah. Changing the space. (laughs) Yes. I like it. I like it a lot. That that gets a little bit tricky on, on Kansas City's side, Eric, just because. Um, well, like when I'm, when I'm at a social dance in general, I won't take a break for any of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just, just enough people there that I need to be present to have danced with every follower in the room. I'll need to dance all of the songs and sometimes it still won't be enough. Um, and so because I was helping build it from the ground up, that kind of became a part of the culture. It grew into that. Um, and I'm just going to re-clarify and make sure again, this is the naked truth, right? Yes. So yes. Yes. I'm allowed to target something just a little bit. Say what you need to say. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, well, then in a real way, that was a huge part of our culture. And we are just now having a very new struggle with this over the last three to six months um, where that was a really inclusive thing that helped build our community. And Mm -hmm. it reached that critical mass that Eric kept bringing up. And unfortunately, when we hit that mass point in a great way, some of the experienced dancers started returning to our community. But the results of that was that they were very choosy about their partnerships. I didn't mm. introduce the new educational systems. Mm-hmm. People weren't dancing the same. There wasn't as much focus on the pattern. Right. There wasn't much focus on momentum. Not that it's not supposed to be there. It is, but mm-hmm. we are just, our new dancers were learning other things first. And so it's now created a divide because of the educational system and the return of a very specific set of individuals who are, who are choosing um, their partnerships more based on the dance skill sets that they provide based on the friendships that they have with them. And, right, uh, but don't you think we we also have to um, uh, educate 
our community to recognize that West Coast Swing is a series of adjustments and it doesn't matter what, like I, I can dance with somebody that learned West Coast Swing 25 years ago and I could still dance with them. Do you understand? You should have the ability to assimilate. May, we may not agree or feel, but we we should be able to, it's still the same dance. It's, a, it's what's the same way? dance, even if it, it's the same English language, even if it's spoken with the different accent. It's the right. Same you can dance, understand me. I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. Put through a different time frame. We can understand you. <laughs> even right. if it's put a different time frame or even with a different emphasis on the feeling of the dance space versus momentum versus frame versus grounding, mm-hmm. what you should be able to intertranslate those pieces. I 100% agree with that. But there are some people who don't compromise the way that they want to feel in the dance for whom they're dancing okay, with. That's not they a that's not their... an educational thing. That's a that's a person thing. You either want to compromise or you don't. Period. That's new to the community. It's part of why I really like what he was saying because uh, I think that it's just now something my community is struggling with. And I would prefer to be able to nip that in the bud before it integrates into our cultural perspective so that that the original creation of everyone dancing with everyone and being inclusive and helping these people feel that that we had a year ago so successfully that helped us build to this point doesn't get lost now that we've reached such a large dance scene, such a large dance number. And then have us drop back down to more 40, 50 because we couldn't pull that part of our success with us. And I think that happens to some communities as they're successful because of a reason to a certain point. And upon reaching that point, they aren't able to maintain the original integrity of what they had built. Yeah, or the intent. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we've, I don't know about all of you, but I know I'm sure at least Deborah has seen communities that have come and gone. Yes. I mean, not all communities last. And Mm -hmm. so when I think about the kind of change that you're looking at, Jesse, and, you know, I've been dealing with it myself, there's the direct and the indirect approaches, right? So Hugh took a direct approach, felt like he could reach out to people and, you know, get that message across. Do you feel like you can reach out to these people directly about what you're seeing or what you're observing? Or would you rather take an indirect approach like, reinforcing a culture or spreading a, a general message so that the people who are coming in and, and, and being choosy don't, they, they feel social pressure not to do that. And you don't feel like they're being there. like singled out. Yeah. Well, right. well, and, and the thing is I, I would be singling people out because it's, it's a very few individuals who are emanating that idea but it is not only catching on to some of the newer dancers who are kind of rapidly growing, right? They want to be like the cool kids and those are clearly the cool kids and they're not doing these certain things. Um, so what I've done is individually approach the new dancers who I feel are the good dancers of our future community mm-hmm. and, and, and remind them like sometimes we see this behavior and sometimes we see this behavior, but it's more important to our community that you on purpose build this habit into your dance. And here are the reasons why, like, I'm just going to be honest with you. They are choosing this and that doesn't make them bad people. Just not contribute. They're just not contributing in the same way that I want you to be able to contribute one day. Mm-hmm. Not being um, flexible. So my, yeah, choices. exactly. Yeah. So my, my, uh, individualized communication has gone to the people that I perceive to be picking up that habit 
rather than the people who are spreading that habit because I don't feel the same openness, even I don't feel the same openness to be able to approach that element right. in that Correct. individual without creating angst. Yeah. Conflict. Angst. <laughs> angst. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you don't want to make, like, you know, we said before, we don't want to make people feel badly about, no. about it. But um, so I'll, I'll tell you that, well, first of all, I think even if we don't go direct, we need to do indirect. So I think what you said is great. And I, I was reflecting that I also have done something similar of making sure that the people I see who are coming up and emerging, like really getting dedicated and ingrained in the community, that those people are mindful of what's going on around them and whether they want to choose to follow that path or not. So similar kinds of conversations I've had. Um, the other thing that we, that I was saying about the peer mentorship program Granted, that's self-selecting, right? So if people opt into that, if they apply for that, they're already probably mindful of themselves, yeah. but they are friends with other higher level dancers um, and they will have conversations with them and they will, you know, uh, share their values with them. And so I'm wondering too, if there aren't influencers in that community that you could reach out to who, you know, it's not a direct method of tackling those few individuals, but maybe the people who they listen to or associate with who mm. would be good people to not ask them to be like your Missy Dominici and go make stuff happen, but, um, but to be influencers, that's a good word. Yeah. But yeah. to include them in Absolutely. and saying, Hey, you know, you guys come, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you guys come and we're trying to create an inclusive community and, just thank you for doing that. I mean, even sometimes just thanking and calling them out for it mm -hmm. is enough for those people to be reinforced. And then they influence others. I don't know. I'm spitballing, but I think when we're talking about community, there's lots of different ways of, of influencing and, and, uh, changing behavior i like the subtle the subtle manipulation there of, of trying <laughs> to communicate to someone positive, like, positive we're gonna on purpose call out these three people i saw you social dance with a newcomer last right. week and you put a big smile on their face way to go you community let's give them a round of applause they yeah, positive affirmation. Person positive week. reinforcement they couldn't oh, yeah, do totally there you go you did one and that's good you're right, right. it doesn't have to be negative no yeah i like that you get more positive from going in the positive direction i feel that some people have misconstrued um honesty directness straightforwardness as being negative because it's not it doesn't have to be that way sometimes right. certain things have to be direct you just have to go listen i would really appreciate it if you would bam and i'm not talking about dancing just in general sure, sure, sure. I, right. I think there are certain things that you have to be direct about and then there are other things sure. that you go wow like god you did such a great job dancing with that like beginner like i mean i i like th that beginner walked off the floor and felt like a million bucks. Thank you so much for doing that. It is and then they're like, Oh my God, I'm amazing. Yeah. More sprinkles right. at my next Thursday dance. Got right. So excited. <laughs> but I mean, I, I have done that with um, my more experienced dancers, either, you know, you could do it in front of the people who aren't dancing with newbies right. and be like, Hey, I really appreciate it. But I have, you know, I have more experienced dancers and, um, when I see them dancing with new people or newbies, I, I try to make a point to be like, Hey, I really appreciate you reaching out to the new people that, that positive reinforcement is I think important. And, and, you know, I really, it's, it's not fake. I'm not like, yeah. you know, I genuinely appreciate them dancing with people and I just want them to know. Well, I genuinely appreciate all of you being on the show. Yes. 
before we let you go, I just want to ask one question to kind of end on a on a plus note. And um, and since you're all community leaders who wear a lot of different hats, if you could each say, what is your favorite thing about being a community leader? What do you love most about it? Kyle? Uh, so I'd have to say my, my favorite thing is um, that I get to see the ground up development of a lot of people um, in so many different ways. And that's not just dancing. Like I've seen some of the most introverted people come in day one. And there's actually one, one person in particular that I'm thinking of. This person would barely speak. And when he would speak, he would be in whispers. And just to see this person grow into this social person who goes around and asks people and does these things he's physically, he used to be physically uncomfortable doing on the dance floor. Now like be comfortable and in his own skin and develop into his own person. And this is just one person. Um, and this happens all the time. And just to see, see this transformation and in some ways help facilitate this transformation for a lot of people and this growth. And you see people make friends with people who you would have never, they would have never met had it not been for this dance and to, to have a small helping hand in that whole process and see that, that growth across an entire community. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Jesse. Um, Man, <laughs> I love most about about being a community organizer. I think I'm going to go with uh, a Hugh Lee approach on this one and say that um, what what I get out of it is for sure why I do it. Like the way that I feel blessed and re-energized and recommitted to my own love of West Coast Swing by being able to share that passion with other people by igniting the fires in in their soul and and seeing them be successful at it kansas city i mean i know it's it's different for the the community eric that you're coming from and the size of the boston community but like kansas city has five or six intermediate dancers now and we have two new advanced dancers who just leveled up to the next division that gives us three or four active advanced competitors we have um an active all-star two active uh, champions at least um and and to to have the development of that just now coming to bear people who who were novice dancers and are now moving up through the ranks is is um is really cool to see on the developmental side but that gives me energy and pushes me in my own dancing to want to have something to teach them and right. to to grow enough of myself to be able to still be a leader for them so it for sure pushes me. That's why I push them. Right. Awesome. Hugh. Um, completely for selfish reasons. So my favorite part about building a community is, um, essentially I get to grow of family and a network of friends and dancers that, I love and get to share in something that I love. Um, again, as a person who didn't have a lot of friends, 
I'm like literally building a process to make more friends for myself. <laughs> You're like a rock star now, Hugh. Well, I don't know if that's quite accurate. Most people still think I'm a dork, but um, a dorky rock cheek, star. Man. That's totally yeah, allowed. Cheek. <laughs> but uh, but you know, I'm like building a machine that's like self. It's like a perpetual friend making machine for me, um, <laughs> and so that's really awesome. Um, I feel like the common thread here is. Uh, the enjoyment of the transformation that you see in others, but also the transformation that you've seen in yourself. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely has, I'm a very different person than like 16 year old Hugh would have ever possibly imagined. And I think that's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. I would just echo all of the above. <laughs> like I, I do when D. Kyle started talking about seeing, um, right. D all of the above. When Kyle started talking about watching, um, people develop like as a, as somebody now, now it's been five years and really watching people grow and, and not just grow in their dancing, but grow in themselves. And then, yeah, you watch people come together and it pushes me as a teacher. People ask me why I still compete and mainly, or why I started going back to events after a while. And, and it's pretty much because I have this awesome community that mm -hmm. their excitement is contagious and mm -hmm. their drive drives me. And, and as you said, Jesse, as a teacher, like I want to be able to offer them more. So I keep pushing myself. Um, but then, yeah, I've made lots of friends out of the community and we've seen lots of relationships happen and form in the community, right. um, both friendships and romantic, right. <laughs> you know, and that's, and you know, ups and downs, but, Hmm. We're, we're together as a community and also um, growing on uh, uh, like you know i've i'm not the same person now that i was when i first started doing west coast swing i'm completely um different not just in uh who i am as a person but how i danced even is you know has changed and i think that's part of being part of a community and and, and being affected by the good the bad the ugly everything that's amazing about it and sometimes that's not amazing about mm -hmm. you know what i mean uh yeah great talk awesome thank you all so much we could keep talking i know for ages maybe we will have you all back for like diving into deeper on different topics of interest um we will share links to your communities in our footnotes so people can have access and of course you can reach kyle hugh and jesse on facebook or through their websites if you want to share your thoughts and reactions with us, you can post a comment on our website, you can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. You can also email Deborah and me through our site at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page. To get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on Instagram at thenakedtruthwcs, or join the 38 people who already follow us on Twitter at nakedtruthwcs. Don't forget, you can buy some stylish swag at our online store. Just go to the nakedtruthwcs.com forward slash store to buy yours today. We can ship it to you, or we can get it to you at an upcoming event. Also, if you see us at an event, ask us for a shirt. We'll have some on hand. Again, that's the nakedtruthwcs.com forward slash store. And if you haven't already, of course, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a number of other podcast hosting platforms. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on iTunes, please rate us and give us a review over on iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And that's the Naked Truth. Let's do our sign-off. Uh-oh. There's, there's more. You ready? Than... <laughs>
you guys are listening to the show, right? So uh, (laughs) I'll say thank you so much for listening. My name is Eric. Deborah will say I'm Deborah. And then you three, hopefully at the same time, will say, and that's the naked truth. We're going to try it. We got it. By the way, just to take the pressure off, Deborah and I did it three times last week. It's so bad. (laughs) It helps to not watch, but just listen. Right. Here we go. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And that's and the naked, naked truth. truth. Is that okay? Let's do it one more time. <laughs> hey, Eric. Eric. Uh, yeah. I, okay, so after Deborah says, yeah, exactly, like do I'm a one, be the bouncing two, three ball. with your fingers, because theoretically, if all of our lag is roughly the same, <laughs> then we'll cue off of when three hits, then we'll start. Sure, and then I can just sync it up. Gotcha. What are the chances all of our lag is the same, though? But that's assuming, but like it's better <laughs> right, right. us waiting audibly, waiting to hear the other people say it and hope sure, it's sure. at the same time. So, or here we go. I'll try it. All right. all right. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric, and I'm Deborah. And, and that's the next that's I didn't even hear Kyle. Did you say it, Kyle? <laughs> I did, but I realized that I can only see the uh, the side of the screen that your face is on right now. So I couldn't actually see your hand. <laughs> oh, hi. Okay, wait. We're yeah, going to do it one more time. Ready, ready? Here we go. We got this. We got the key to see my nose. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> Different so easy every time. Because I feel like we screw it up every week. <laughs> No, we don't. When we have one person, it's fine. It's when there's two or more, <laughs> including us. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And Deborah. And that's and the that's naked, the naked truth. truth. Is that good? I will make it work. <laughs> I will make it work. <laughs> that's not my end. It sounds weird.